Are you guys ready to have some fun tonight or what? Oh, come on, people. It's Saturday night. We got playoff implications. Are you excited or what? There we go. That's what I'm talking about. And uh, wow, tonight, fan appreciation night tonight. We say thank you. Welcome to We the thunder i am your host shooter also known as shooty shoots and i've got my co-host here what's going on stash oh not much man just trying to uh, survive this random storm we had come through you know of course plenty of thunder though exactly that's why we woke up this morning and said you know what we need to talk lightning hockey because this right. crazy storm and you know tornadoes hopefully everyone's okay and you guys uh, made it out without any damage from I guess there were a couple tornadoes at least my phone told me at like 4 30 in the morning I think everyone else got that message too um, but let's cut to the tra chase here we have a third party with us oh also known as third leg Greg he is Mr. Tampa Bay the in arena host for the Tampa Bay Lightning street lace promotions what does he not do? Mr. Greg Wolf, thank you so much for joining. Thank you guys for having me. What do I not do right now? I'm not working. I'll, I'll tell you that. I mean, that's one thing I'm not doing right now is working, unfortunately. No, I mean, we're doing a little something. I mean, Street Lace, you know, we're, we're doing some stuff to try to give back to the community. Obviously, right now we're in just a really awesome. weird uh, time, but uh, our DJs have been doing live mixes uh, here on Facebook. Uh, you know, trying to raise funds for either the hospitality staffs of the establishments that they work at weekly or oh, yeah. um, different oh, yeah. uh, charity organizations. Like tonight, we have DJ MC White, who is mixing live uh, to raise money for Fueling the Front Lines, uh, which is um, an organization that's powered by Julius Tobin and his crew who actually do uh, on bikes. Um, but obviously, okay. they're, they're, they're having to transfer that energy from on bikes and the events and things that they do with bike builds. And they're now having to transfer that energy to helping out, uh, you know, the folks that are keeping us um, safe and, and doing what they have to do on the front line. So he's raising money for them tonight on Facebook. So uh, that's keeping us busy. You know, if we can't do anything for ourselves, we might as well do something for others. So that's kind of where we're at right now until we get back to hockey. That's, that's awesome. awesome yeah. yeah that's and great. I love seeing all that stuff. I know you guys, I tried to like piggyback on it. We did the other night and me and the stash got on and, and started uh, playing Jackbox and we had to link up to, to raise some money with you guys. And I love seeing that, you know, like I, I know a lot of people are in a bad spot and you know, we're a lot of us are looking for work right now, but yeah. there's a lot of cool things that are happening right now too, with just like I was mentioning to you guys, like all the awesome um, shows that were, we're doing kind of their own broadcasts of the NFL draft last night. So yep. you've seen a lot of cool things. Um, you doing trivia, Greg, with the lightning. If you guys haven't checked that out, is that every Wednesday now? Yeah. So um, this, this past Wednesday was our third, uh, third week doing it. Um, it's going to continue on as long as we are kind of at this stay at home uh, order, if you will, if, I don't know if you want to call it an order, but uh, instructions from our government to kind of keep put. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's taking off. I mean, uh, the more we do it, the more people are joining in from around the globe. Uh, I've seen some of the different countries that are checking in while we're doing it and obviously different time zones and all that. So people are like getting up for it and it's crazy, man. So it's been, uh, it's been a blessing to kind of keep me somewhat connected to the team, somewhat connected to the fans 
you know, just trying to keep our hockey spirits high uh, with the hopes that, you know, we're going to return soon. So if you haven't had a chance to play, it happens every Wednesday uh, at 6 o'clock. And you can play along on the Tampa Bay Lightning app. It's very clear as you scroll down on the app, it'll say Lightning Turbo Trivia. If you don't have the Tampa Bay Lightning app, which you should, but if you don't have it, um, you can you can go to boltstrivia.com on your phone and play along uh, wherever you're at. So we give away awesome prizes, autographed sticks and, and pucks and all sorts of cool stuff. We actually gave away, um, this past Wednesday, we gave away a year's worth of chicken tenders for PDQ. So you got like a whole free year of PDQ to the winner this week. So that's epic. cool stuff, man. It's pretty epic. Um, chicken for for a year is pretty awesome. Um, so yeah, that's been something that we picked up. I don't know if you guys have been watching um, Alex Kalorn's Doc Talk, where he's been cruising around the oh, bay yeah. and stopping at all the different players' houses and doing Q and As and stuff. That's been pretty oh, yeah. cool as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, anything I love killer. That. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah, we're we're a huge killer fan. E- even before here, the yeah. season when he yeah. became elite. Since day one, I've been a I've been a killer fan since day one. So I saw no to see him get to have the kind of season he's having and doing what he's, he's doing in the interim to kind of keep the fans connected. I think it's really cool to see. He's great, and actually, I got to host the Can Jam event that he and McDonough did at Sparkman Wharf before all this craziness went down, and we had every yeah. single player there that was participating in that. And it's cool to like see these guys off the ice. I know. The Lightning do a great job, more so than some of the other teams around the league. I think we do a really good job with our players uh, in getting them involved in the community. They get themselves out. They're seen. I mean, you can go out to Soho any night of the week, and you'll see, you know, some of the young gunners out there just enjoying themselves. I mean, they're they're approachable. Uh, they're just really down-to-earth, nice players, nice guys. And so I think we're real fortunate that we have these guys in our city. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Sure. And they're always, always giving back to the community too. Like you, you look and you mentioned like the can jam thing. It just seems like they're always doing something and we are absolutely blessed to have this team. Um, sure. And I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, you've got like, you know, what a lot of people think is like the dream role. And of course it's on, on hold right now. But when did you start as the in-game host? Cause I feel like it's like as long as I can remember. So yeah, it could just I, happen one day, yeah. Yeah, it kind of did just happen one day. Um, I started in the marketing department for the Lightning back in 2006 and was in the marketing department from 2006 to 2009. And um, coming from the radio, you know, my background here in Tampa, right. I was on Wild 98.7, which is now 94.1. Uh, when that station launched back in 98 and oh, yeah. uh, was in the night show here in Tampa till 2005. And the gentleman who was our vice president, our marketing for the radio station when it launched actually left the radio station about a year and a half into its birth and took the job as vice president, vice, vice president of marketing for the lightning. And so all those years I'm on the air, you know, he's with the lightning that, you know, we won the Stanley cup. Like it was just awesome to be on the radio and engaged with the team. Obviously the Buccaneers winning the super bowl. So like I was on the radio when all these monumental championships came to our city. So there's been a great connection there. And when my contract was up in 05, um, I kind of waited it out. And in 06, you know, the pieces kind of fell into place and he had a position open with the team as a marketing coordinator 
which was handling all the stuff on Fort Thunder Alley as far as sponsorships and interactives and games for the kids and booking the DJs and the bands and all that stuff. And, you know, we did some pretty awesome stuff yeah. in the department. Um, and uh, so back then, the Lightning had two hosts. They had uh, a guy named Todd and they had um, Jenny Dean. And so they would alternate nights, some, some games, like she would work some, he would work some. And so this one night, um, I was in my office and I hear the, uh, the game day director was in the office with my boss. And I hear him basically saying like, he didn't know what he was going to do. And, you know, we're two hours before puck drop. And I'm like, what is he talking about? And so I'm eavesdropping. And so basically what I understood was happening was, um, Jenny Dean had like a family emergency and the other, the other dude, Todd was out of town or something. So he wasn't even here. So she has a family emergency. She has to leave. Well, it's a, like it's literally a few hours before the game's getting ready to start. You need to have that position ready to roll. But you understand things happen. And so I basically went into the office and said, listen, Mark, you know I'm more than capable. I've been on the radio. I've been in front of huge crowds. I'm more than capable to step in and, and, and to handle this for you guys tonight. And he looked at the director and he's like, I don't think you really have much of a choice. You might as well put it in. And so they're like, all right, Wolf, you're in. And so that was really my first game uh, was doing that as a sub and crushed it and had such a good time. I was so excited to do it. I uh, had such a good time doing it. So then I kind of became like the fallback guy. So if there was an issue or somebody couldn't do something, then I kind of became that guy. And so the very next season, the 07, 08 season, um, the guy left, Todd left and took a different position and Jenny Dean, I want to say she took a position on Bay News 9 or she took a position on the radio here in Tampa. And so she, she took that. And so I kind of just like slid into the role. And so that was 06, 07 and then started doing Tampa Bay Storm games as well. And again, did that up until 2009 um, after we had drafted Stammer and all the hype surrounding that, the scene Stam Coast campaign, that was all of us in our marketing department that came up with that stuff. And uh, we all got let go because we had bad ownership. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I know everybody calls oh. the Cowboys with the Oren Kula's era. <laughs> um, dog and pony show, man. I will yeah, always dude, refer to that, that as the dog and pony show era. It, it was bad. I'm not going to lie. As being a part it's of it, so it, was, it was bad. And everybody knows that. That's not any new news. And then Vinick right. came in and Vinick uh, bought the team, brought in the best of the best with Iserman and Liwicki. And mm -hmm. those guys listened to the fans. As soon as yeah. they came in, you know, Steve Griggs, Tyler Wicke, uh, Iserman, Vinick, they listened to the fans and fans had concerns. The fans had questions. And some of those questions were, what happened to Wolf? What happened to the guy that was doing our games? And so they basically were like, I got a phone call um, to cut, you know, did I want to come back? And I was like, I never wanted to leave in the first place. <laughs> and so that was the year that we had a lockout year. So I get the call, come back in. And it was like, what, 2010, 11? And so yep. lockout year, that sucked. Um, but I was back and have been doing it ever since. So technically, off and on, even though it was only really a season and a half, if you want to call it, I didn't do it. I've really been doing it since 06, 07. Wow. So yeah. It, it's been a while. And, and yeah. so, like, is that period when, like, the whole, like, in-game or in-arena host thing started or was was that kind of popular before because now i feel like i can't go to a sporting event without you know a host like you there i mean the lightning were definitely not the first ones to bring that to the table i mean there's been hosts i think for a lot of other sports teams um it's, for, it's for kind of popular like basketball isn't it 
It's very popular in basketball. You don't yeah. see it a whole lot in football because football right. is more sideline reporting, um, you know, more informational right. where what I'm doing is more interactive, um, kind of like, you know, the, the, the fans fan, um, you right. know, just one of the guys. Like that's kind of the – I don't want to say shtick because that's not a shtick. I'm just me being me. But I, I want the fans to realize that I am just – I am you. You know what I mean? I am a diehard fan. I get emotional. Like I'm invested in these games as much as you guys are. So that's kind of been how I've built my MO is I'm just being me um, because I'm, I'm, you know, a diehard fan of this team. And just I'm blessed to be a part of the organization because it's, it's really top notch and top to bottom. But they didn't invent it um, by any way, shape, or form. But you're right. I think a lot of teams now, um, the game and the product has changed, and so you need you need folks to kind of carry the the production, if you will, from one point in the game to the next point of the game. You don't want anything to stop. And I think the Lightning are one of the best teams in all of sports there's a reason why we were nominated by ESPN as the number one franchise in all of sports a couple of years ago it's because of the product from top to bottom and people have come in to sit with us um, on game nights from other teams not just from the NHL from the NFL from Major League Baseball from um, from the NHL the NBA and they've shadowed us and everybody says the same thing about how amazing our game night is and how, how interactive it is. And it never stops. And that's, you know, again, kudos to the, the, the team that's running the ship. Yeah. And I, I talk to a lot of people that are from out of town and they always want to come visit. And that's like one of the first spots that I take them. Like you're coming to Tampa. We got to go sure. to a lightning game. They're like, uh, game. we're not going to the beach. Yeah. I'm like, we'll go to the beach, yeah. but we're going to go to a lightning game. Yeah. yeah. First and foremost, the same way for me, you know, my brother came from Seattle a while ago He's like me, lived all over the country. And I took him to a game, I think it was probably like 2016. And okay. the whole experience, I mean, construction had just kind of started down there when they kind of first started turning up the streets and getting there was kind of new. Yeah. But once we got inside, he was all skeptical walking up. We got inside and he was like, man, this, this is one of the most amazing experiences, arenas. But we didn't even really sit down. We had seats, but we spent a lot of our time up by the organ. Yeah. And, uh, you know, watch it from there in the standing room only areas. Uh, it, it, it's just, it's changed. You know, I started watching, I've been here since 2002. So to see the whole transformation in the last seven or eight years, it's been remarkable, incredible. No Absolutely. doubt. Yeah. And, and you know, one of the things I've been meaning to tell you is I went to a Vipers game. Luckily one of the only Vipers games I could have ever gone to, uh, <laughs> I went to the first one and, and they did have, um, in-house host yeah which which i thought was cool um and you know they sent a survey out to people that went to that game and i filled it out because i like appreciated it i was like yeah the xfl cares about me so i start to <laughs> fill it out and they start to ask about this in-game host and and i didn't knock her on the survey i thought she did a fine job but she was kind of like just a dj to me but um yeah. but i told them on the on the comments i was like the one thing you guys missed was getting the premier host in tampa bay uh to come to these games <laughs> and i right. think we'd still have an xfl if that had happened wow. hey wow. No, i guess we'll never know now will we yeah. unfortunately <laughs> i guess not so wow. how did you that. How did you become a Lightning fan? Because you you were a transplant too, right? You you didn't grow up down here. In no, I, I didn't. I actually, I grew up in the D.C. area. Um, so it's it's crazy really to look back 
where I came from in the Maryland DC area, you know, I was, a, a, I was interested in journalism in high school and we actually uh, one day had like a senior media day for the Capitals and were able to go and basically shadow their morning skate. Uh, as students, we were able to go in the locker room and ask questions. Uh, I know there was some sort of report or story we had to write after that, and we submitted it to uh, whatever organization brought us in to do that, and they were giving away like a grant. And so um, it's crazy because I wasn't a diehard hockey fan. I mean, I liked the Capitals and, you know, Dino Cicerelli area, uh, um, that whole time frame, and then obviously, you know, he came but. Um, I remember it. I enjoyed it. We were huge football fans coming, you know, Redskin fans and we had the Orioles. So that was really like our life as kids. It wasn't so much about hockey, but when we moved down to Florida, um, in the early, uh, nineties, um, the bucks were not great. <laughs> you know, it was hard. It was hard for us to like transplant from DC to be like bucks fans. So we kept our allegiance there, but I was never really like, I never felt connected so much to the caps. And so obviously being here, you know, for the birth of the rays, the birth of the lightning, again, having been on the radio uh, from 98 to pretty much until 2005, you know, those were critical years for all these sports franchises in our city. And so I became, I said, if I'm, if I'm a, a Floridian now, I need to be fully invested. And so just kind of made that switch and uh, really started following things from the jump. And so um, it's been, it's, and I, again, I look back at that experience with the Capitals and I actually found the letter that I received from the Capitals organization that thanked me for coming and participating in their media day. But there was a line in that, in that letter that really blew me away because I found it years and years later uh, having been with the Lightning, and it basically said, we hope that your experience here today somehow molds your decision on the career path that you take in the future. And I totally forgot about that, but when I found it years later, I'm like, that is crazy to look back that that experience with the Capitals actually somehow led to me working for the Lightning. And so it's crazy how things work out that way, um, but it was really cool to see that it did touch me in some way for me to, you know, to be where I'm at today. That's really cool. Yeah, that, that's crazy. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to point out to any, anyone listening, you know, any Bruins fans when the Bruins come to town, I know you, I see you with the lightning jerseys on, on other nights and, and that goes for Buffalo <laughs> yeah. and New York Toronto, and you name it. Yeah, Montreal. Hey man, yeah. you live here now. You yeah. live here. I came from up North. Stash came from out West. Like, hey, you know, sir. we, we hey, don't, kind of don't, don't make me out you all the way here. All right. Don't right. make me out you. All right. Let's <laughs> not start talking about our football teams if you really want to start talking about allegiances. All right. Right. It, well, and it's not you know like. You're not really a Bucks fan. Don't, don't talk about it. it. It's not like, um, it's not like we, we have a bad team here in Tampa. I'm pretty sure we've been on the, well, right on the cusp I mean, of winning the cup the last 10 years almost. It seems right. Like. Well, I mean, right. Well, yeah. And I mean, for us, I think you and me, you and me sure hockey is something we really like more than any other sport and being here as long as we both have even being transplants we've seen the team grow like a lot of old school fans kind of like greg has too and to what it is today and we went through the dog yes. and Pony show era and we went yep. through that era where we were still going to games we were still going down there even whenever you know it was kind of falling apart and they didn't really know how to manage their talent and they didn't they didn't really even know how to put on a product whatsoever and we were still going through that 
So to see what it is today, it's, I mean, again, it's almost unfathomable to understand the product that we have now and fans that are, you know, I don't want to discredit anybody, but you know, if you've only been a fan for five, six, seven years, it's, it's a completely different product and mentality now than it was even just, you know, 10 years ago. hundred percent. So it's, it's just, and it's so grateful to see people like you, Greg, in the community that, you know, I moved here in 2002, like I said, and you were still on the radio. I saw her, you know, you were still a big presence. So to know that you are now connected to the lightning, it's cool for a transplant to kind of see that grow. And as because Tampa's become my home, people like you are involved, you know what I mean? And, and that's cool the way, like you said, they came back listening to the fans, listening yep. to what they wanted and got people like you back involved, you know? Now it says a lot about them. Again, that shows you that people, the reason why the, the organization has been so successful is because you've put people at the top who understand the connection with your fans. And that has been instrumental, I, like you said, in changing the dynamic and changing the allegiance that our fans now have with our team. They've seen how invested Vinick is, not only with the team, but the entire city, how the whole landscape of our downtown is changing, uh, the amount of money he's given back, the millions upon millions he's yes. given back, not only from the community hero stuff, but he just donated, uh, He, the Vinick Foundation just donated another $700,000 to Metropolitan Ministries you know, for the COVID crisis, so I mean, it's nonstop, and people have bought into it, and as well as they should, because he's giving back, you know, tenfold to the community, and it's coming back, I think, in the allegiance of fans that are now uh, on board with uh, Lightning Fever, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I get goosebumps sitting here just talking about it, and thinking about the journey, Phil, you know, since he's come over and being a part of this community, it just, uh, it, it awesome. gives me chills sometimes when we really think about where, where it is right now, yeah. We're and so where it's lucky. going for the future, too, because it's not like it's going anywhere. You know, it's no a long-term scenario, and he's here for the long term. So that's also what's exciting for a fan is that knowing maybe certain players on the roster have a window, and we talked about that, but as a team and a franchise, uh, the future is bright for a very, very long time. You know it. Yeah. You we, know we it is. Blessed. Mm-hmm. Even like, you know, we talk about it a lot, but like just going downtown now compared to even yeah. just last year, it's it's almost like we got a second downtown being put up. So I'm just excited to to see what the future holds. Um so in game host, tell us what what is the coolest thing that has ever happened to you being in this role? Oh boy. Uh I would say there's there's moments, uh, there's too many. I mean, when you've been there for, you know, like I said, 13 plus seasons doing this role, there's so many different memories I have um, from the highest of the highs. You know, I don't think about the lows because, again, I think it's all in the process of getting to the, the ultimate goal, which I felt like we're really on that pace this year. Um yeah, man, it's it's. I just feel like we're it's all part of the process. It's all part of the building. There's reasons why everything happens, and that's kind of why we are at where we're at today. But it's the adversity that I know we're going to fight through, and we're going to get to that promised land. I would say there's a couple moments that stick out the most. The, the most heart-pounding moments I've had thus far have been during the Stanley Cup Finals. And so when we've been um, – that moment when I'm up with sticks of fire – 
at uh, at 307 and 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 ready to fire up the fans and you know that the whole crowd the spotlight's on us the fans are around we're going crazy we're on national tv and it's my job to get this entire building of 20,000 plus oh, rabbit wow. fans fired up like literally it gets my blood pumping so much that there's been times I've almost felt like I was going to pass out like after I got yeah. the fans like fired up and I'm screaming be the thunder and it's like it's there's no bigger adrenaline rush that I've had probably the whole, my whole career than those moments. However, the, and I sent you guys the, the clip on YouTube from that party in the park, that watch party that we had at Curtis Hickson Park in 2015, um, where the fans had no idea it was coming after we won the game. And we had an impromptu, uh, literally took over a party in the park with my man Jinx, who did the We Want the Cup remix. And when we won that game, he was there. We did the song live, and then fireworks were going off. Like, it was insanity, man. It was, it was one of the coolest moments. That the, it felt like the entire city was, it was in the park that night. And for us to win in that fashion, to have the fireworks ready to go, like, everything worked in our favor. And it was utterly remarkable. And I'm glad that people documented it. And it's now lives on the internet because it's, it's, I look at it all the time. Like that was one of the coolest moments uh, we've ever had. So that's another one that sticks out. And believe it or not, this past November, uh, going to Sweden for the global series to host that event um, for the NHL. That wasn't just me hosting for the lightning. I was, I was brought in to host for the national hockey league because as you guys knew, it was neutral ice. You're in a neutral arena on the other side of the globe, even though the Friday night game was technically the home game for Buffalo and the Saturday game was technically our home game, I had to be like the neutral host. Um, But there was 90% Lightning fans in that arena both nights. Nice. It felt like a home game, 100%, dude. I'm telling you guys, it was 90% um, Lightning fans in that building both nights. And so – for us to win and sweep Buffalo, to be a part of that um, experience, to actually be able, able to hang out with the players um, at a uh, – I forget the name of the sports bar, O'Malley's or something like that. Um, that was Irish awesome. bar in Sweden. Yes, and it was super – they're super oh. popular over there too. Um, but we were able to like hang out with the guys in that environment. Just like there was nobody else really in the bar, um, but it oh. was the entire team. And it was us. It was like the, you know, myself, it was Kenzie, who's the social marketing girl, yep. Steven, who's the game day director nice. and just hanging out in the bar and everybody's just kind of being themselves, um, just bonding, uh, you know, just really relaxed, kicking it, enjoying them, enjoying themselves. That was something I talked to Bill Wicked about. I'm like, do the guys get to do this all the time? Like when they're on the road? Cause that was, I've never traveled right. with the team before, let alone across the world. And so he said, no, like the guys have a very, you know, strict regimen when they go to other markets or other to go play in other cities. I mean, it's a pretty detailed itinerary, what time they eat, what time they practice, when they go to bed, they don't have a lot of downtime. So to be in Sweden and have a day to kind of hang out with your teammates and kind of kick it and have some beers and kind of let loose and relax uh, to see that. Honestly, to me, if you things be like well, yeah, like, I mean, just a, yeah, man, that, that was the kind of, I was like, yeah. it was one of those moments where I'm like, this is so unbelievably cool right now to be even in this environment blows my mind, literally. Yeah. 
And so I was like, this could be that moment if our season goes the way, hopefully, fingers crossed, knock on wood, all that. But that could be that turning point. You know, who knows? So um, there's been a lot of cool moments, man. It's just really too many to count. But those are the ones that really stick out. That's really cool. You know, you bring up being able to document uh, the last finals, and that's that's so cool. That's one thing I kind of regret about 04, is that, like, that was still a little bit before... Social, yep. Social media, you know, because I remember, for me, being a fan, since I moved here in 02, I was already a huge hockey fan. I lived in Upper Peninsula Panhandle area when I was in middle school, and when the Lightning came here and the avalanche expanded or moved and everything like that happened then i moved out west when the avalanche won all their cups and the red wings not revival we was coming on then i moved back here right before like i said oh two right before the lightning kind of like out of nowhere made their run in the next two right years. right so when that happened i don't know if you remember uh they started doing this thing where the first hundred people at the arena in the, the gate uh, day of the game could get two tickets for like nine dollars a piece and for the whole playoffs. Right. And so, like, the first round, you got there right when they opened, no problem. I don't even know if they sold all 100 or all 200 tickets or whatever. Okay, wow. By, by halfway through the first round, people started finding out about this. You just started having to get there at, like, 3, 30, 4 o'clock in the morning. You open at 8, you know. By the second round, people all started camping out. Yep. And we were there for every single game. We were one of the first ones to set up the tent. We were the ones that brought our PlayStation down there. And, like, Bay News was down there. And they were, like, putting their cameras in our tent. So we were there for that whole experience where, out of nowhere, we made the playoffs. Then we made the finals. And it just became this whole experience. And it's kind of cool that it just lives on in your memory. But it's, yep. at the same time, it's like, man, I wish there was just – a you're little bit more of that social media that people are experiencing it like they would now, you know. Right. Agreed. <laughs> I would like I to see the pictures of people about our setup. that experience. And <laughs> so right, right. And so few many like so few people really knew about what I mean, they opened shots overnight. They started playing Miracle up on No, we the did that. Garage. We we played like, Miracle first, yeah. remember? <laughs> right. And then right. we had a little crowd were, and then they right. did it the next game. Wow. Yeah. And like they started opening up shots for us because that's when the bar was still there. Yep. There were so many of us, like, they started serving food and they were serving yep. booze to us. And, like, Shots. they created I mean, a whole experience for us. And, like, we were the first ones in that very first day. We were like, all right, hey, who's coordinating? We were taking off work. We were like, who's, right, who's working tomorrow? Who's not? We can go down there and stand in line. They started giving out, like, wristbands and stuff so you didn't have to stand in line the whole time. Like, it was just such a really cool experience. And for me, that cemented being not just a hockey fan, but a Lightning fan, and my connection to Tampa Bay, too. No I've doubt. I've been a Navy brat and living all over, been in the Navy myself. I've lived in, I mean, 10 states. I've lived all over the place, been all over the world. And so, but moving here, that kind of, like, I can't even think, like, oh, man, maybe I'll move back out west. Well, I can't think about leaving because that experience cemented me with this town, you know? Yeah, you're, awesome. not, you're not leaving. The best part of this, though, is game <laughs> seven of the Eastern oh. Conference Finals, Philly comes yeah. to town, game seven. Like, when, when you camp out for these, like, almost free tickets, you know they put you in the last row. And we were fine with that. We were poor. Of course, you're in the middle of the <laughs> Yeah. And we were on our early 20s anyway, so, like, it was right. a little better, you know. No, the best part is Stash and our buddy Ty decide to make yeah. their own T-shirts. And basically – Yeah, so they take yeah. white, like, undershirts – 
take a sharpie and just write like what did yours say i know i think ty's okay. just said fuck no, philly <laughs> no, both of them did so basically what we did is that we were so broken in our 20s that we didn't have any jerseys or shirt or swag but we hated philly so bad we created our own jersey so i did uh uh le cavier and nice. i did uh stammer or uh, not stammer uh yeah. marty so yeah, we're marty. marty and le cavier and we did like 26 or four. We made them all like a regular jersey, but in the back, like on the tail, like where it might say Tampa or something like that, we'd put fuck Philly. And wow. I'm six and a half feet tall, ogre giant kind of dude. Ty's like <laughs> five eight, five ten, regular average kind of guy, unassuming. Right. He walks right by the usher. I walk by the usher and the usher just like he was like some 65-year-old dude. His eyes bulge out of his skull. He's like, oh, I doesn't know what to do. We get to our seats. Like two minutes later, here comes the usher. He's like, oh, you need to turn your shirt inside. You need to take your shirt off. I'm like, well, I, I can't. Then I'd be here with no shirt. And there's no way you're kicking me out of this gate. Right. And he's like, well, turn it inside out then. I'm like, um, All right. really? Turn it inside? Do you want He's like, turn it inside out. I'm like, okay. I ask no questions. So then for the rest of the time, it was a white... Hanes undershirt, black Sharpie, it bled through. So it just said <laughs> fuck Philly. It just said fuck Philly in reverse the whole game. That's hilarious, so, man. Yeah. And then on the way out, we almost got uh, in a fight with some Philly fans, obviously. Of course. they lost, and they're Philly fans. Yeah, of course. So, yeah. That, that was a great game. That so, was a great game. But yeah, that, so, was, that was like the highlight of the entire thing until, of course, the, right, the next round. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was way. good times, and oh, yeah. I want to get back there so bad. So I know, man. I know. What do you guys think, um, Stash? I know what you think, but uh, Greg, what do you what do you think of the season so far? I know, obviously, we've been on pause for like what seems like forever now, but it was kind of a weird season. If you you know call back the first half of the season, or at least until the new year. Right. We were struggling. Most Bolts fans on social media were like, you know, having a hissy fit, ready to fire Cooper. And then they turned it around. And it looked like right when we kind of stopped with the exception of Stammer going down, which, by the way, this COVID might be a blessing in disguise. They're 100% healthy, by the way. Yeah. They said they'd they'd be 100% healthy right now. We would be ready to go. But what were your thoughts on kind of how the team was playing? Did you see the momentum towards the end when when we went on the pause? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think we could all say we saw that we hit that switch. And for us to win, what do we have, two streaks of 10 straight? I mean, the second one was 11 straight. So, like, who does that? So, I think people have a short – they have short-term memories, obviously. Uh, Winning changes everything. And the fact that they were clicking so much, and it was neck and neck, you know, us in Boston kept going back and forth uh, to try to get that league lead the fact that we were even there considering how we started is beyond remarkable. And the fact that you saw the gelling of, of the team and Yanni Gord finally got it getting off the schneid and finally getting a goal and then starting to heat up a little bit. It's like, here we go. The way Alex Kalorn has been playing, the way Pat Maroon has, has uh, kind of meshed with, with everybody getting McDonough back, getting uh, Stammer healthy. I think, like you said, I, I feel like this could be a blessing in disguise knowing the momentum that we had. The question is, how does it play a role mentally? Uh, obviously, physically, these guys are still in great shape, and they're not not in shape because I know they're still hitting the ice. Uh, Stammer was on today and basically said, I'm still practicing three days a week, you know, just hitting the ice, um, yep. trying to keep myself in shape. So I don't know. That's the, the X factor. We don't know. 
is what happens when we do get back to hockey. You know, is it going to, how many games does it take for you to get back into quote unquote hockey shape uh, to get ready for the run into the playoffs? And I guess that's what the NHL is trying to figure out now. Uh, how is this all going to work? I mean, we keep hearing they're talking about June, um, you know, in playoffs in, in, in the summer, uh, which if you think about that, that saying the summer, it seems so far away, but it's really not that far away. Yeah. Um, so I think we get, we get back to some sort of normalcy to get hockey back on the ice. I just don't know what that looks like for fans. I don't know if we're going to have the ability to have fans to finish out the regular season to give the um, the curve more time to flatten so that we can get it back in the building for playoff hockey. Like, I don't know any of that stuff. Um, I don't think anybody does yet. But I think the team has has performed the way now or that before COVID happened, we were performing the way everybody expected them to play from the jump. I guess that's the best way to put it. So you're going to have growing pains. Every season does. It's just – it took us a little bit longer than uh, we had hoped. That's all. You know, I saw something recently. Somebody shared it on one of the Lightning fan groups, I think, about uh, Cooper. And there was an interview. Oh, man, I don't know why right now in the middle I'm, I'm completely blanking on it, but uh, where it came from. But he, one of the things he said is he looks at every season as its own season. He doesn't Correct. look last season or next season and i when everyone was calling for like fire coop hashtag fire coop blah, blah, that, that's one thing i don't think enough fans understand right is that from that mentality a this guy's won on every single level and he every didn't level. start out and he didn't start from with the with the concept of i'm gonna be a championship level coach it right. was I'm doing this. Oh man, I kind of got the bug. This is cool. What if I could actually do this? Maybe I guess I will. Oh, I guess maybe I could coach a college team. Suddenly, oh, I'm winning championships. Wait, I'm now the coach for the Lightning and we are in the Stanley Cup. Whoa, okay, you know. So it just kind of, it just happened naturally for him. But at the same time, he has a process and it's a different animal when you get to the NHL. It's not the same as every other level. Every single team is very equal. The parity is so, even in the NHL, the parity is so much so that it's not unlikely for the Lightning to go to Arizona and lose 7-2. to That's right. not something that fans should lose their mind about. Right. You know? They do. Cooper understands how to use those games and that road trip specifically. If you look back where they were and they were on that winning streak, and it was a kind of – it was a good winning streak, but it was like, okay, this looks similar. Then they went and lost those games, and then they came back, and it was almost a different team. Right. They started winning, and they were playing a completely different type of hockey. And For sure. I think Cooper used that moment right there, uh, and some of the other guys in the locker room would be like, look, you know, we can't use this as an excuse. After we go on this, we have this crazy road trip. And that always is a crazy road trip, too. People forget. Anytime Vegas, Arizona, that's always <laughs> brutal. Because it's always just like three or four days. Four you get games, the Vegas flu the, for that like game. That. Yeah. Right, absolutely. Right, no matter the regulations, there's always that. Uh, you know, so it's, it's something I think that Cooper is not getting enough credit for, the way he's been able to – adjust his lines on the fly, figure out who's going where. This, this guy is always working his brain and working his experience and working his coaches and his guys and figuring out the best way in the moment to be the best product that he can find while also shooting for that ultimate goal 
it's in the future. And that's a very tough balancing act to be able to always play in the moment because you always have to be, but right. then always figuring out how to set the team up to peak exactly when they have to. Right. It's a tough job to do, man. And, and sure. he's done it. He's done it multiple times. And I think that there's just, sometimes it's just not your day. And I think a lot of times as fans, you get spoiled and you don't always remember that as well. Like sometimes it's just not your day. No yeah. doubt. And he's and got I a tough team. About the cap. Yeah. To, to manage because yeah. you've yeah. got so much talent. You've got some big personalities. I'm sure Cooch is not the easiest guy to coach. And, you know, some of these Russian yeah. players have that reputation. So, you know, it, it, it's a tough job. And we're, again, we're, we're just blessed to have him. Um, yeah. And, and in the so. NHL, we're always kind of like, it, we're trigger happy when it comes to firing coaches. And, you know, John's the longest tenured coach in the NHL right now. Right. It doesn't feel like yeah. he's even been there that long. And, you yeah, know, they asked him about that too in the interview. And, and again, he, you know, he kind of went back to that. It kind of, he's like, you know, it kind of blows my mind, but, you know, I just take it one season at a time. And, that's to me that's the kind of mantra you want is if i you know i played some organized sports over there never was i a world beater or anything like that but i loved playing sports and it was always because of a good coach that's why i love playing sports the most because a good coach is what makes the team he's the one that creates that locker room dynamic overall and he knows how to create and manage those egos and and pair them together especially in hockey and what I've seen him be able to do and manage those personalities every single season. This guy's coming, this guy's going, little nuances. And also in our day and age of social media, the crushing pressure of this town. People think it's, you know, it might not be New York or Montreal or Toronto or anything like that, but you start to become under a microscope in this town, especially in Lightning, because the other teams, there's nothing to focus on. You're the only team to really pay attention to right now so right. all sports fans in tampa all eyes on you yeah well the bucks are trying to have something to say about that yeah. well, but, uh, <laughs> we'll wait to see next season i'm saying until you know up until no, right now no you're absolutely you know right. what i mean you're absolutely right yeah so all right so let's uh Let's wrap it up. I, I do have some some kind of news. Greg, you had mentioned it earlier. There is a Stamkos interview that I think it got released today. Yep. Right before we came on. So you can go check that out. Hear some words from the captain. You yep. know, he he mentions he's skating three times a day. Um, so it sounds like he's he's right on track with with where we want him to be for when this season does get started. He will be there or restarted. And I don't know if you guys have seen kind of the latest it's old news from yesterday about what Bettman has been talking about. And there's all kinds of rumors and I think everything's still up in the air, but I think the most likely scenario that they've been talking about is three week training camp, get these yep. guys kind of ready to, to skate again, full speed and be in an NHL game. Cause you don't want to rush them back right. at this point after not being at that speed right. um, and then splitting it among four cities. So I doubt they're going to have fans, which is going to be super weird, but I'm at the point where like, I'm just dying to watch some hockey right. uh, on TV yeah. in the stadium, wherever I can get it. So one of the things that they said was if they do this four city thing, they're going to play three games a day at each of these stadiums yep. or arenas. And awesome. one of the requirements, Greg is, four locker rooms will be required for those arenas because they will have so many teams partaking. Does Amelie arena have four locker rooms? Do you even know that? Yeah, they do. They have way more than that. I mean, they had the storm locker room was completely separate than the lightning locker room. You have the visitor locker room uh, for your normal um, 
NHL opponents, but then for Storm, they had another locker room for their visiting opponents. And then there are other dressing rooms. So there's plenty of space in that regard. They would definitely be able to do that. And you have to also take into consideration if there's no fans in the building, they have plenty of other spaces that they can utilize if they need to, for sure. That's probably the least of their worries. I don't know if we're one of the cities that would be considered, but being that the warm weather is actually a, a positive in this situation, who knows? Um, but I'm kind of with you at this point, as much as it's more difficult for me to say, you know, if there's no fans, that means that I'm not, if I'm, it means I'm probably yeah, not there. Work, you know. I would rather see hockey being played in non um, attended games for if that's going to delay uh, or, you know, push down the curve even more because it's giving us more time so that if we do get to that playoff hockey point, now fans can come back because we've gotten to phase three of, you know, the government opening up the country back to normal. So that just gives us more time. I think fans would accept the fact that we can have hockey on television and not be there to get to the point where we're all safe enough to return and be there for the playoffs. 100%. I'm on that board. Well, I think that's kind of the mentality. I don't know for sure, but that just means that's most logical in my mind. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope we're on the short list because I, I, I like to see Tampa highlighted any way we can. I think we've earned it. Yeah. yeah. More than enough. Well, and, you know, a lot of cities got hit, but we got hit pretty hard in Tampa. You know, yes. now on uh, NCAA and WrestleMania. Yeah, uh, for sure. Those were two massive losses in income. And, you know, kind of full circle back to the beginning of the show when you were talking about what you're doing for local uh, hospitality industry, you know, that's a big part of our town, a big right. part of our economy. It's like, it's, it's, it's construction and it's hospitality. And that's, it's almost 50, 50, you know, in what we do here. And that's been a huge impact that we've had in this community missing out, not just by the restaurants closing, but some of these massive events that have been planned for two or three years. coming here, And now that's a loss of income. So if, if we could somehow get the, those games in here early, even just bringing the teams and their player personnel, would help a little bit for and sure just get some exposure back here and let people know hey don't forget about tampa come back right yeah, agreed to be you know let's so hope be great yeah let's hope but like but like shooter said i'm on board with hockey any way i can get it amen to that boys amen mm-hmm. well right on cue i just got or just heard a huge thunder clap outside yeah. Nice. So, uh, you know, perfect timing with this podcast with these storms. And again, I hope everyone is is safe uh, and didn't get too much damage from those storms um, and obviously safe from coronavirus. And I'm telling you guys, stay at home if you can so we yeah. can get over this. Because I, 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 if they open up more stuff in the state at next weekend, which they might, just stay at home if you can. Because yeah. we're going to see this thing spike again if that yeah, happens. Just because we're opening stuff up. Like, it's important to keep the economy going. Absolutely, especially in our state. But, you know, at the same time, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Right. Agreed. Yeah, the last thing we need is this thing dragging out all summer. Um, Especially for us. Especially with the weather we've been having, too. Oh, it's such a tease. I know. The exception this this weekend. (laughs) But, like, it's been so cool. The two points been down. It's been so amazing. And here we all are. Can't go outside. So, Greg, thank you so much for coming on. We were hoping that we would get you on about this time of year and we would be talking about the Lightning's playoff game the last night. But uh, we're not there yet. We're going to get there later this summer. 
So thank you so much. Tell the people how they can follow you, how they can get involved with these donations one more time. Yeah, so you can follow me on any social media, you know, Twitter, Instagram, at Third Leg Greg, 3-R-D-L-E-G-G-R-E-G, you know, Street Laced. You can find us on um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just search Street Laced, like you're going to lace up your shoes. Uh, and we've got our boy DJ MC White tonight. You can search Facebook for DJ MC White. He will be doing a live stream tonight called Quarantine and Chill, bringing the dance party right to your living room at 8 o'clock. And uh, again, he's raising money for fueling the front lines, uh, which gives back to uh, those first responders, the people on the front lines here in Tampa Bay to make sure that they're fed as they are keeping all of us safe. Make sure that we have everything that we need. Uh, to get through this crazy time. So we appreciate you guys, and I uh, thank you guys for having me on today. Awesome. It's been a pleasure. Stash, you got anything to promote? <laughs> uh, us? Yeah, follow uh, Shooter and Stash. <laughs> I mean, that's about it. I mean, safety and us, and um, yeah, man, love, I guess, also. Don't forget to just be patient and be aware uh, that not everyone's experiencing this situation the same way. So, uh, if you have to go out there and interact with people, do your yeah. best to just, uh, you know, keep your distance, keep your space, but also keep your patience, you know? Well said. We're all in this together. All right. So let's wrap it up. Thank you everyone for tuning in on Facebook. Thank you. If you're listening later on the podcast edition, this has been the, we, the thunder podcast. Don't forget to be the to thunder. Be the thunder. Thank you guys. Win, lose, or draw. You guys by far are the best fans. Give yourselves a round of applause for being in every single game this year. All the way until that whistle blows. We want to remind-